Welcome to Madison City Channel Know Your Candidates Interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your moderator, Brooke Soltwet, and I'll be interviewing Lisa Subek, who is a candidate in the August 9th Democratic primary to be the representative for Wisconsin State Assembly District 78. As you may have noticed, we have changed the format of the program a little. We are now interviewing candidates individually rather than all at once. However, all candidates will be asked the same questions as time allows. All questions have been prepared by league members. So to begin, what is your professional, educational, and civic background that uh, qualifies you for the state assembly, and why are you running? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you, Brooke, and thank you to the League of Women Voters for um, hosting this program. It's great to get an opportunity to talk to you and to talk to our constituents through this venue. Um, I'm currently the state representative for the 78th Assembly District, and it has been just a real honor to be able to serve my constituents over the last um, almost two years now in this role, and I certainly hope that they will reelect me so I can continue to do that. I took sort of an unusual path to office. I actually began my career in early childhood education, and I worked with the Head Start and Early Head Start program, so I was working with low-income families there um, who were really struggling to get by in our community and struggling to find the opportunities that they needed to tap into in order to become self-sufficient. Um, one of the areas that was particular challenge was housing, and I um, really sort of focused and honed in on that and eventually went to work for the YWCA where I did homelessness um, programming and transitional housing program as well as policy advocacy. Um, and, you know, one of the things I found was I could help individual clients overcome obstacles and barriers, but that wasn't doing anything to change the system. That wasn't doing anything to get those barriers out of the way. So that really piqued my interest in public policy. I did work in public policy first as the executive director at NARAL Pro-Choice Wisconsin and then as the executive director at United Wisconsin. And again, I realized that while I was pushing to change policy and doing that advocacy work, I really wanted to be a part of making that change, that perhaps I can make a bigger difference. Um, and that's why I ran for office. I actually served on the Madison City Council for two terms for four years prior to getting elected to the state legislature and now serve in this role. Um, you know, I think I've been able to provide really um, accessible and responsive and accountable representation. For my constituents, I've been both progressive and effective um, in this role. And again, I hope to continue to do that for at least another two years. What do you believe is the most important issue in the state of Wisconsin that needs to be addressed by the Wisconsin legislature? Why is it important, and how do you believe it needs to be addressed? Sure. So there are a number of important issues, but, you know, if I really had to prioritize just one, um, one of the biggest challenges that we have faced in the last couple of years is funding for our schools. And that really goes to both our public schools, our K through 12 public schools, as well as our university system. And you know, this is a problem that's been created by our governor and by the Republican majority in the legislature. And as Democrats, we have stood up and we have fought as they have um, cut millions of dollars from our public schools and directed that money to unaccountable voucher schools, um, a private school system that's not accountable to the same standards, and that's not required to serve all children regardless of their needs. Um, we've also seen huge cuts to the university, in fact, the biggest cut we've seen in generations um, during this last budget cycle. We 
were able, by fighting back and through a great deal of public pressure, to reduce the amount that the governor had initially proposed cutting, but we weren't able to stop the cut entirely. We still saw over $200 million lost to the university system. And, you know, quite frankly, our state is only as good as our education system. Our education system is so critical. Every child should have access to a great education. That's what helps ensure our state's economic future and the families in our communities can be self-sufficient. And then beyond that, um, our universities are just absolutely at the core of our economy. Um, you know, Wisconsin has prided itself on the ability to ensure that every student coming out of our high schools who wants access, who wants to um, follow a path of higher education has access to that. And it is just maddening to see us going in a different direction. It's something that we absolutely have to turn around. Um, I've been a leader in that fight to turn it around and will continue to be. Thank you. What is another issue that's particularly important for your district? And what ideas do you have to advance that issue? Sure. So, you know, something I found back even when I was on the city council was that, um, you know, folks in our part of the city really face some challenges with public safety, face some challenges with neighborhoods that aren't as strong as they could be, and trying to figure out how do we strengthen those neighborhoods. Um, and while that's not necessarily a state role in the sense of some of the work that I did when I was on the city council, um, the state has made that incredibly challenging. We have taken away, we um, the, truly it's the Republicans in the legislature um, under the leadership of Governor Walker, have taken away local control on so many key issues. You know, there are so many things where local government should be solving their own problems in a way that works for their community. Um, but that's not always what's best for perhaps some, um, you know, big money donors to the Republican Party. So what we've seen is we've seen legislators in the majority party um, eating away at that local control, and it really has hampered the ability of our local elected officials to do their jobs to protect the environment in our community, to protect safety in our community. Um, we've also have, we, we also have in place unfair revenue caps that take away the ability of local government to be able to figure out how to um, fund the things that we mandate that they do. So, you know, it's really sort of a big catch-22 there. Over the last um, four years, during the four, four to six years, um, Republicans have passed over 100 pieces of legislation that have either taken away the ability of local government to govern themselves or placed unfunded mandates, mandates of things that local government must do but without the funding to do it, 100 piece of pieces of legislation um, just in the last four to six years. And that creates an impossible situation here locally. You know, Madison is a thriving city. We are doing things right. Our economy is doing well. Our people are doing well. Certainly we have big challenges. And, I mean, when you look at things, um, when you look at issues around um, racial inequity, we have big challenges, but what we do have is – a strong community, and we need to stop state government from hampering our ability to make it even stronger. Thank you. Since the outcome of this primary will likely determine the person who will be the District 78 representative, you are most likely going to be in the minority. What do you believe is the, are the best methods to be effective as a minority party? 
Certainly, I get asked this all the time. People often say to me, Lisa, why do we keep fighting if we're in the minority? <laughs> and, you know, to me, I think, first off, we need to be there to keep up the fight. Um, we need to be there to start working toward building back to a majority, or at least to, you know, a point where we have more balance in government. And that means that we need to be speaking out loudly. We need to not give up. Um, we need to make sure that we are reaching out to the public, that the public knows what is happening in our state capitol, particularly these days as we've seen media shrinking and, and, you know, sort of the typical media having less resources than they used to in the past. We can be the voice that gets that word out. We can help activate our constituents and engage them. We can help reach out into areas where there aren't Democrats in office and start to help the people there elect Democrats going into the future, build back that majority. Um, there are also things that we can do to make progress. I mean, you know, when I look at, I talked about the university cuts earlier. Um, we reached out to the public who really spoke out loud and clear, and that helped roll back the size of that cut. I think a great example where we had some incredible success was during the, toward the end of the budget process. Um, Republicans tried to sneak in a provision that would have essentially rolled back all of Wisconsin's open records laws. It would have meant that we were operating totally in the dark with no public and no media right to know. Um, that likely would have just sailed through if not for Democrats getting on the phone, um, calling folks and saying, hey, we just got this memo. It'll be voted on in a couple hours. We need to get the pressure on now. Now, thanks to the public, that pressure was there. But there was really a spot where we in the minority played a strong role in keeping something really bad from happening. Um, you know, I did get a bill passed this session, so I do think there are things we can do in the minority. It's a bill that makes it easier for folks with disabilities to access taxi cab transportation. There are things that are nonpartisan or that, that can be done in a bipartisan form that would not happen if we were not there to get that ball rolling. And I do think that it's fair to reach out and work with our colleagues when we can find that common ground as well. If you're elected, uh, which committees do you believe it's most important for you to be a member of? Sure. So during the last session, I was um, served on five committees. I served on the Health Committee, the Committee on Children and Families, Local and Urban Affairs, Public Benefits Reform, as well as um, the Committee on Family Law. And all of those were great placements for me. There are places where I was able to use my skills and my knowledge first in women's health, also um, in, in children and families and early childhood education. But um, I think that they were places where I was able to speak out and provide a strong voice for my constituents um, and for children and families in our community whose voices aren't always heard. You know, I was able to come in and tell the stories of some of the folks that I worked with when I was working in the homeless shelter, stories that particularly people on the other side of the aisle, but even in my own party, would not have heard had I not been at that table. So I think, you know, I had some great opportunities to serve on committees of great importance. Um, you know, in the next session, I have other interests as well. I might be interested in serving on the Education Committee or p potentially the Committee on Labor, some areas I know are really important to my constituents. Um, but I think that we can make, I think that I can make a difference wherever it is that I'm asked to serve. What do you believe are the most effective ways to be a bridge between the county and local uh, municipalities in your district and the legislature and the Wisconsin state government? 
Sure, and I think this is a really interesting question, um, particularly for somebody like me who served in local government first and then in state government. Um, first off, I think that gives me an incredible advantage. Um, I really felt like when I came into office, I understood the importance of that connection in a way that some of my colleagues who hadn't had that experience um, didn't when they first walked in the door. Um, and I think that's really important. But some of the things that I did to ensure that I was communicating regularly with local officials, to be ensure that I was hearing their voices, um, first off, both the city and the county do have government affairs people. So I regularly met with those folks. Um, both the city and the county set policy agendas um, and take positions on public policy. So I made sure that we were always in tune with where the city and county were at, understood their positions, why they had their positions, and where they were coming from. Um, but I also wanted to reach out beyond sort of that formal piece of the relationship and ensure that I was meeting with the representatives who represent the districts that I represent. So I set up um, quarterly meetings where I invite the county board and city council officials who represent any of the areas within my district to come in. We have either, you know, we one month we do a brown bag, well, one time we'll do a brown bag lunch, the next time we'll do an evening meeting since we try to accommodate everyone's schedules. <laughs> but um, that's a great opportunity to have that back and forth. And for them to just kind of say, hey, here's what's on our minds, for you know us to say, here's what's going on. I invite Senator Fred Risser to those, and he usually attends. So then we can really have that dialogue and that conversation. We do similar things with the school district, um, meeting both with individually with school board members as well as with the school staff that's assigned to that government affairs duties. Thank you. Sure. What would you like to say to the viewing audience uh, as we complete this interview? Sure. So, you know, it's been a real honor to serve. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure and delight. Certainly there are challenging moments, particularly when you're in the minority, moments where you might, where, where I might feel like I'm beating my head against a wall. But it is serving my constituents that keeps me motivated. And so, you know, I am so honored to serve the 78th District. I think I've provided, like I said, progressive and effective representation and have really been accountable to those who I represent, and I look forward to doing that again over the next two years, and I hope that I will earn the vote of my constituents on August 9th and again in November. Well, we're out of time. I want to thank Lisa Subek for speaking with us, and thank the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. Please remember to vote on Tuesday, August 9th. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us.